0: Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, what is up next for Grant McCaslin and the Red Raider men's basketball team? The road. Preparing for that departure and getting into another few departures for Joey McGuire and the Red Raider football program next on Locked On Texas Tech.
1: You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start
0: this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase the Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use our code Locked On to get $20 off your order With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you on a holiday edition for some. Shout out to those still on the clock on this Monday as we kick off a new week and a different week for Grant McCaslin and the Red Raiders. Got a couple of football topics to hit before we are out of here, including something from Saturday, which was maybe serving as a bit of a freak preview uh, at halftime of the men's basketball game. You saw some high-flying Red Raider football players that we want to touch on and talk about some of that outright athleticism and natural ability that obviously is being brought to West Texas by Joey McGuire and company. We'll also get to a couple of departures from the football program via entries to the transfer portal coming up as well. But as we look ahead to a week that I mentioned is going to be different, I mean that because Texas Tech is headed away from United Supermarkets Arena, and we can essentially, Chris, kick off a Big 12 weekend in review via the next opponent for Texas Tech, and I'm pretty ticked off at Texas Christian for doing what they did over the weekend as Houston takes another L. We go into the weekend, and this is what's coming up for the Red Raiders next on the road from the dirtiest of the dirty third, and we talked last week like, hey, You know, Houston probably has had their attention gotten by their head coach. They're going to Fort Worth. This was one of the other spicy games in the Big 12 Conference over the weekend. Well, the attention apparently not gotten enough because the Horn Frogs take the win 68-67. to So I guess we say again, this time with Texas Tech coming up next, I guess they'll have their attention gotten by their head coach. I don't know if it's a top five team that you want to be heading into facing, (laughs) taking another loss, but that's what... The Red Raiders have, man. What would you make of that result among some others that we'll get here uh, to here today as the Horn Frogs top the Cougars?
1: Yeah, you know, because c- yeah, everybody is, is starting to look at resumes and kind of how uh, now now that these teams are starting to play each other and beat up on each other and kind of how it all sorts itself out with the, the data out there. You know, like from a Texas Tech perspective, because this has a direct uh, correlation to the University of Houston, who you're talking about here, by the way, you would tell you how mad they are. They put a hole in in the hallway. I think of the locker room. Uh, you know, there at Showmy Arena. So, yeah, I oh, frustration literally starting to to show there for the, for the Cougs. Um, but you know, like your your RPI, or excuse me, your net ranking, it was at thirty prior to beating Kansas State. It drops to thirty seven just because of how they factored in. Um, and and it's worth mentioning, you know, your, your, your biggest resume win, uh, on, on your resume is, is the win in Austin and Texas loses to West Virginia over the weekend. And they go from 44 to I think 59 in the net ranking. So, but that's your only quad one win to this point. Um, but, you know, and I just think that's, you know, and I think you've got, you know, your your Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Michigan, Northern Iowa wins are kind of the quad two, quad three kind of component there that are helping you. But uh, as you turn to the University of Houston, even after their 0-2 week, I believe they're still number one in the net rankings because of their wins, their non-conference schedule, all, all, all the above uh, and, and the different data that factors it in because, you know, you lost uh, at, uh, you know, TCU, which TCU is pretty high up there. Uh, but you, you know, I, I, you know, and obviously Iowa state, you know, they're, uh, they're, they they rank up fairly high in the, in the t- mid twenties or 30 range or whatever. And so it was a two road. And, and again, you don't, you don't just get it. So what's fascinating about it is Texas tech, you know, even if you lose on Wednesday, your rankings, I mean, your net is going to go up. I mean, it just, regardless of result, because of how good, and and guess what BYU is right now. BYU is your Saturday opponent at home. They are fourth in the net ranking right now. I mean, so this is like, as far as the on paper part of your week coming up, it's, it's wild, but um, anyway, that just kind of give you a synopsis of, of where Texas, Texas Tech
0: is with all this stuff. But Are you yeah, telling you, us to throw the net ranking out the window is what it sounds well, like? Well, no, I'm me. telling you pay attention and uh, that yeah. every
1: game matters uh, in that th- this is a week where you could make a ton of hay. Yes. I mean, you could make a ton of hay, and I think that as you look at it, if you can figure out a way... To at least win one of those, and I'm not trying to like lower or raise expectations because you win both of them, great. I mean, like hell yeah, we're down. But but if you could figure out a way just to split, at the very minimum, you, you you've you've made some serious. Hey, if you win both of them, yeah, I mean, you, you're 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 not your rankings not dropping anymore. After I mean, it's it's uh it's on the way up, man. Um, but West Virginia beating Texas. Uh, TCU uh, beating uh, you know I, I think a, a, what is I think a really good Houston team but again it's like the, the welcome to the big 12 jokes are out there and Kelvin Sampson he's been in this league before he understands you know they're, this is a different animal than what they've been operating in he, he's you know th- th- this is going to benefit them if anything um, and, and I would say this as you as you anticipate your matchup with Houston I'll probably say this the day of that game as well but this is either going to be the best time to play these guys. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, if they just are have are missing something and kind of doubting each other or they're just kind of in a funk, every team's going to go through this to where it's just like we just don't think we're ever going to win another game again. Everybody has these, these portions of your season uh, or it's going to end up being the worst time to play them. <laughs> it's just going to be one or the other. I'm not sure which. I guess we'll find out. But, yeah, you have to – Anticipate that you're going to get their very best and they want to get this uh, nasty feeling, uh, and the nasty taste out of their mouth, and all that stuff. Uh, because after I know, and they'll be back at home. Ticket prices for the Fertitta Center, I think I've seen people speculating they're like six or seven hundred bucks uh, it, to this game if you're trying to buy, you know, seats and and all that stuff. So which is wild to me. Uh, but you know the uh, the Cincinnati game in Waco on Saturday night. I mean, Cincinnati looks pretty good. That's a really good Baylor team. And Cincinnati was not going away. And they had a chance at the end, I mean, to win it or to take the lead and just couldn't hit the shot. But that's a sold-out crowd at the Foster Pavilion. And so, I mean, this league is just – it's probably very stressful for coaches. I mean, I get it. But for those of us that are – uh, observers of it. it it's really fun because I mean in any road win you get you you, you you just like get on the bus and get me out of here before somebody takes it away from me uh, but this <laughs> right. is why you you hold if, if you got to try to hold serve at home and that's what we're talking about Baylor wins at home TCU wins at home Kansas won at home uh, West Virginia won at home uh, Iowa State won at home Texas Tech won at home uh, I think I may be forgetting one of those games there uh, that, that that took place. But, you know – oh, and, and Central Florida was the one that dropped yep. their home game to the aforementioned BYU team. Yep. Yeah, big emotional win. And then, yeah, hey, man, you guys are so good. This is awesome. And then you get <laughs> right back and they pull the rug
0: out uh, three or four days later. Uh, so – well, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, if it's Monday morning, we'll have some uh, rankings to digest a little bit later on in the day. But I'm just trying to do some math and follow a precedent. You lose by, what, 11 at home, top 25 still. You only lose by three on the road. I'm assuming the Longhorns still going to be a top 25 team uh, whenever it comes out, right? But, yeah, the the Houston loss, I think, just as a fan of Texas Tech, having to go face them next I'm not thrilled with, but it wasn't like some great shocker. Texas Christian's a good basketball team, man, yeah. and on their floor. I don't know that they've gotten their just due as far as uh, a ranking or national attention just yet, but you and I have talked a little bit about the Horn Frogs the last couple of weeks, um, whether it was that Kansas game in Lawrence or now what we saw them do against the Cougars. That's a good basketball team, so no shame necessarily in that game, although – The jokes are right for the picking, and you might as well pick while they're ripe, so we're going to do some of that. But, um, yeah, the Baylor-Cincinnati one, man, that was really interesting to me because we were talking just a week ago like, okay, well, what's Cincinnati going to be in the league? Because I feel like they hadn't got as much conversation, certainly not as much as like Houston or then the start BYU got off to among those new additions. But Cincinnati making a little noise misses a uh, potential game-winning three-pointer, as Chris alludes to there. But uh, no question that the Red Raiders, with three of their next four coming away from United Supermarkets Arena, Going to have to rely on some of that toughness. Now, we are talking about some of those here in the great state, whether it's Houston or Fort Worth. I don't know what their ticket tricks and tactics are going to be like necessarily in either one, but I'm hoping that uh, you'll be joined by a few Red Raiders in those locales as well. So maybe some uh, some red and black juice in those buildings. Certainly, uh, yeah,
1: You, you well, you, you're going to need it. Um, yeah, but yeah, TCU – you know, the, their, their length and athleticism is going to be a problem. Um, they, they've arguably had one of the most impressive weeks of anybody in the league, even though they're not undefeated because we know what happened to them at the end of the – but, I mean, think about it. They've played – I mean, take out Baylor, but as far as rankings go, they've – I mean, th- their, their three first games in Lawrence and then home against, I think, the 12th-ranked Sooners and then what was the second or first-ranked Houston Cougars. And they, they they are one bad call away potentially from being three and0 so that gives you an idea and I again, I said this on the show before, but I used to I used to not really give any credence to to, to TC and Jamie Dixon because I just thought they underachieved underachieved. I heard this uh, they have won they have have 36 wins in their program history over ranked teams 36. I think Jamie Dixon is responsible for 21 of them. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and 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 they're but they're just one of many teams that are just going to be a pain to deal with on a night in, night out basis, uh, and it's just why you you, you got to show up and play well, you know, and that's why for Texas Tech, I'm glad that there's some there, there's maybe a different path to victory now than than what we had seen before, and that you can roll your sleeves up and and get in a fist fight and then live to tell
0: about it, so. And we're okay, by the way, with them shooting very well and also winning that way. Right. Doesn't always have to be. Thousand percent. <laughs> but as we've seen, there's going to be nights where they
1: just don't go in. Yes. You know, I thought you got pretty good looks against Kansas State. And, you know, they just, they just wasn't, it wasn't to be. And, and it's just one of those things where we had not seen you win one of your tougher games when, when that wasn't part of it. And now we have. And so you got to file that one away and, and, Pull that recipe out of Grandma's, you know, recipe box for those uh, that that <laughs> that really good cornbread that you always like on a cold day, and say, uh, you know, maybe we need to we need to let's 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 bake some of that stuff up because you're going to need it again. Bottom line, cornbread's yeah. good
0: all the time, anyway. So, what's just, the note card say? Down. Cornbread and defense wins <laughs> championships. I mean, that's seriously why you want to root a program or a culture. In the defensive end of the floor, regardless Mm -hmm. of the sport, the passes are not always going to be caught. The shots are not always going to drop, but defense will travel. And it seems like uh, Grant McCaslin and company have defense and will travel, uh, to borrow a phrase. As I mentioned, a pass being caught. Let's go back to United Supermarkets Arena, but on a different front. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel and football is close to wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So many ways to spice up the action with FanDuel's safe, secure, and easy to use app. Are you really even parlaying if you're not visiting FanDuel's parlay hub? I doubt it. So get to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today. And if you're a new customer, take advantage of $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet with FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Official partner of the NFL. Let's go back to United Supermarkets Arena, but on a different front. Football, basketball, mashup. And if you're in the building, you got to see a Red Raider football slam dunk contest. If you weren't, you may have seen some of the uh, highlight videos by now, which, by the way, I guess there's a baseball shortstop component somewhere in this as well. But it got me to thinking, Chris, and it wasn't like it was the entire roster available. But, you know, we had a conversation uh, about a year ago prior to the Red Raider football season, not quite that long ago, but Red Raider football season being kicked off a freak preview, you know, some of this natural ability, Red Raiders' speed and violence, you know, we hear about all the time and how they're looking often for some of those guys who are multi-sport athletes uh, in high school and have the ability to do some different things that just can't really be taught. And I was curious what you thought about some of what you saw there at the halftime break. I don't know if you got to take it all in, but we got to actually see some new names uh, in the mix. I think, uh, what was it, Trey Jackson, who's been here for like, I don't know, half an hour or something on campus. Then all of a sudden he's jumping over a starting quarterback, starting running back. <laughs> and, of course, Will Burns. I mean, it was pretty wild to see some of that athleticism on display. Certainly enjoyable and brought a little more electricity to the building.
1: Yeah, you, you had five players participate. I think what is fascinating, speaking to like the the, the freak aspect of this thing, is that uh, two of those five are tight ends for you. Yeah, Conyers. I forgot
0: to mention him.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's 6'4270. Yeah. I mean, and this is why I'm telling you, man, the, 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 there, there's some NFL measurables here, uh, just because he's just a really good athlete. I mean, we we had talked about when he when he committed and and what a big deal it was, and that you know, Arizona State put him in the Wildcat and was letting him run yeah. a lot of the quarterback stuff. And he's he's running it for 10, 15, 25 yards at times, you know on uh, some of these things as, as the, as the quarterback in the wildcat formation. But yeah, whenever they, they were like, yeah, you know, uh, Jalen Conyers is going to be part of this. I'm like, okay, I, you know, this is wild, <laughs> uh, but it speaks to his athleticism. Trey Jackson, one of your, your tight end uh, signees, but uh, yeah, it, it, Jamori Davis was, uh, was also an addition. He red shirts last year. I think they haven't ultimately decided whether he's, going to be slot receiver maybe db but yeah check the box on the freak athlete part of it he was a really good basketball player just multi-sport athlete there in clarendon uh he redshirted last year and then and then the two that kind of i think in a way stole the show but yeah will burns is a you know, I don't know fourth string quarterback type guy out of california but he's really what where tech fans are going to know him is that he's a stud baseball player for you starter for tim tadlock and he's flipping it up back behind him and catching it and doing some different things, just a really, really good athlete, which is why, you know, he's, he's on the, you know, he's doing the dunk thing on the basketball court, but he's also, you know, on the football team and also a stud on the, on the diamond, but his bread's going to be buttered uh, on the diamond. Make no mistake. Uh, He's not, you know, I don't think he'll ever play football for you. Uh, And I don't, obviously he's not going to help out coach McCaslin, but like the guy that I'm going to spend more time talking about here, speaking of freaks, And I don't know if he ultimately won it or if they gave it to Will Burns, but like if you just look at and watch Marcus Ramon Edwards, yeah, this is one of this is I'm going to start talking about him a bit like I used to talk about like Isaac Smith. Uh, and and granted, Isaac Smith has done a few things and we've seen it, we haven't really seen Marcus Ramon Edwards yet, but you, you just talk about freakish athleticism, raw, mind you. Yes. Uh, on on the football field, but freakish athleticism, because he's up to a little over 220 now. And if you just looked at him, you're like, okay, if I go into the uh, – uh, if, if I want to create, like on a video game, what like a, a, an edge or hybrid type player in today's 2024 version of college football, I mean, it's going to come out kind of looking like Marcus Ramon Edwards, you know, the the six three six four two twenty. 220 – just quick, uh, athletic, uh, can jump, can do all all the things, and it, it's really fun to think about the possibilities there. Who and he's got four years left to roll. Um, you you haven't begun to scratch the surface with this kid yet, and he's out there just hammering down the ball like power dunks, jump jumping up high over through people, whatever. I was like, oh, give inject this straight into my veins, man. Yeah, he <laughs> he he's he's somebody that I think. I don't know how quickly it'll happen, but when Bruce Feldman does that freaks list at some point, he's going to put Marcus Ramon Edwards' name on it at some point. Really? You know, there, there's some off-the-radar guys that get added to this list, even if yep. they haven't produced a ton on the football field. I don't know if we're going to get that this offseason or not, but eventually he's a guy that you 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 list there and those 100 players from around the country for what they either do in the weight room or how high they jump or – you know, s- something that
0: puts them in the freak category because he checks a lot of boxes there, man. I am, uh, this may be just lost on a lot of people, but uh, one of the things I enjoyed most from my uh, very elementary uh, playing days or time spent as a part of a team, I am a sucker for celebrating a teammate's accomplishments. I love to see guys celebrate others. And one of the things I enjoyed the most in going back and looking at some of the photos or some of the highlight videos was the look on the teammates' faces behind whoever was dunking at that particular time, you know, Caleb Rogers and the MC and just all, I I love that stuff. I love seeing those teammates have fun uh, celebrating their other teammates. And you've given me so many segue opportunities to get to the final (laughs) portion of this conversation, because we're going to touch on a guy who was on a previous freak list, but also maybe mentioning Isaac Smith, who is a guy that you're going to be turning to as a result of one of these portal entries. First, today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical and I hope this podcast is a great escape from the so realities of life, but just because it is an escape doesn't mean those realities have gone away. And one of the latest pieces of wildness I've heard, according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of flu season. Can you imagine how helpless you'd feel if your spouse or kids were sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the medication they needed? You don't have to because of the peace of mind you're going to get with Jace Medical and the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including respiratory infections, sinus issues, dermatological infections, and many more. These things can affect anybody, so be one of those anybodys that goes to JaceMedical.com right now to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. At jacemedical.com, you're going to complete a physician assessment that will then be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Never been more important to be prepared, so take the quick step to do so for your family and go to jacemedical.com and use our promo code Locked On for 20 bucks off your purchase. With Jace Medical. Now, a couple to touch on, but the headline here, as far as the conversation goes, is Steve Linton, who has now entered the transfer portal and will be seeking his football fortune elsewhere. This one was kind of up in the air, I guess. I don't know. I didn't have a good feel for whether or not I expected it to, to continue here in Lubbock or if he was going to be an entry. But as this has now come to pass, Chris, how did it strike you? Was it something that was kind of a foregone conclusion for a period of time? Was it surprising at all? What do you think?
1: Yeah, you you know, so I guess in the last week we've seen what Blake Burris, uh, Matt Keeler, and now Steve Linton enter the portal. Uh, Linton is the headliner, as you mentioned. Uh, I, I, the thing that I guess is, uh, I I mean, I I don't, did did I like seeing this news? No, I didn't. Um, Is it a major loss? I don't know if we know that yet. Um, Would Mm. I have preferred to keep him? Yeah. Yeah. But, I guess the most frustrating part of it is, it was the timing here in that, boy, if he was going to do this, you you would have loved to have had it happen, you know, when everybody else was kind of rolling through, just so you would have had a chance to maybe replace him. Um, you, you'll get a chance to do that in the portal, if you so choose, uh, in, in the spring period you know and i and i think and so what have you lost here i think that's a a, a conversation you know he he played in eight games i think that did he did he, he was kind of a microcosm of what your team was this past year and that it was i don't know if the right word is unrealized potential you know he battled through an ankle injury most of the season i don't think a lot of people knew i think he had a someone pass away very very close to him that I think got it, got him in a bit of a funk. Uh, and then he was dealing with the injury issue and then co- with the ankle and then it comes the back issue. And so he just had a lot, a lot going on uh, health wise and all that. I mean, I, I could see, I could see exactly what they thought they had at times. You just didn't see it enough, but rarely did we get a glimpse of, of him, of him healthy. And I think the, n- not that, you know, maybe there were some reasons for this, but I mean, the one game where he just shined was in Waco. I mean, he had the three sacks, he was all over the place. Now Baylor's offensive line was a bit of a sieve this year, and a lot of guys uh, got to eat, you know, um, uh, that night. Uh, but uh, that was really where he kind of shined and and helped help helped you win that game. Help put Baylor away. He just was everywhere; couldn't be blocked. Uh, and you know, due to Banks was a part of that as well, and and, and all that. But Unrealized potential, and uh, I just wish you would have maybe had uh, more time on your side to, to ably replace him if you so chose. Like I said, but here's the thing about that particular spot. And you mentioned Isaac Smith, I, I want more assets, I guess, there at that spot rather than fewer. But you know, yeah. this is going to be a young and inexperienced group for the most part, however, on paper, very talented and and somewhat deep i mean you know a, a data ray dylan spencer i mean th- th- these are four-star recruits here isaac smith people should know uh, about watching this show what our thoughts were when it when he got hurt back in august and was lost for the year i was just personally like crushed because he yeah. really came on at the tail end of last year he's just a great kid he's gotten so much bigger um, you have Amir Washington, who had three sacks in your bowl game. They've kind of moved him to one of those edge guys. Bryce Ramirez, uh, who can do a little bit of everything. You want to play him an inside linebacker, you want to play him on the edge. He, he's you know very versatile, but he has done some of the edge stuff as well. And you've got Harvey Dyson and Charles Esters. Uh, you've got three guys that you signed as part of your recruiting class. So as far as the body in general, you're not hurting for capable bodies. You're just hurting for like a bona fide dude and experience cuz this is going to be a largely a very talented uh you know a lot of potential here just not a lot of okay they haven't done it though yet going with it you know and and you you hope to see that but i bet if you go through spring they'll kind of monitor it do we need to add anybody? Do we like what we've got? Is there anybody out there that's going to, you know, elevate or or be an upgrade over what we've got? There's probably a lot of different dynamics in bringing somebody in, but you, you will have that uh, option available to you if if you want to pursue it. But that's kind of the, I guess, the the conversation about Steve Linton. So uh, well, in in so many ways,
0: and you're talking about him individually and kind of comparing it to the team overall. It was okay, but not dynamic. You know, the big plays weren't there as often as you'd like to see them okay you wind up with a winning record one game over 500 bowl win all that stuff but where was the dynamic stuff and that's what you're wanting to see more from especially at that position i don't think like every position has to be you know big play capable i love to see a left guard put a guy on his butt but if he just gets him out of the way that's just as serviceable as well but if you're talking about a guy off the edge you're wanting some dynamic stuff there. And I know we were recently spoiled <laughs> with the yeah. guys playing for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders right now, but uh that, that's kind of how I would remember him. Okay. But didn't quite get some of those highs that you would have liked to have seen consistently. Um, You know, Keeler or Burris, I think red had a report on Keeler a while ago that this was going to be the destination for him. And then there was some uh thought from the program, like well, he's not there yet. So I don't, I don't know if that was a foregone conclusion as well. But what do you make of the other two names there?
1: Yeah, you know, Blake, Blake Burris would have, he just was somebody that, you know, I I I would have liked to have kept him too. Uh now he's a he's a walk-on and he converted offensive lineman, but you know, he he was active and a pretty good athlete, but he he's got a degree already, so he can enter the portal after the period's even over and just kind of go late. You know, that's the as we learn all these rules and everything, I guess when you're a graduate, you can kind of get in whenever you want and, and move around, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and with, with really zero restrictions, uh, I would have liked to have kept him. I think Matt Keeler, again, great kid, loved it here. Uh, big time red Raider. He stayed through the bowl game. I don't know if he was just what, wanting to see kind of how things played out, who they brought in, uh, but I think wants to play and, you know, I, I mean, you know, selfishly, you, you, you want to keep him from a depth standpoint, but, that opens up, you know, like I said, now you have kind of a couple of what scholarships, I guess, uh, opened up here that again, if you want to fill, uh, you can, whether that, you know, you, it gives you more of a high school uh, perspective and you want to add more to your recruiting class from a high school standpoint, or if you want to, you know, add, add via the portal, I guess you just kind of go through spring and kind of see what, uh, what, what that looks like, uh, but you, you know, and, and like back back to the – because the real player that you've lost is Linton because he would have been a starter for you next year. You know, yeah. I, I think Matt Keeler would have been a depth piece. Blake Burris would have been a depth piece. And those guys theoretically may have not really played much, if any at all. But Linton would have started for you, in my opinion, if, had he been healthy and all those things. And it allowed another year of development or just being a – you know, it allowed you to have more of a rotation of guys. But now everybody moves up a notch. Um, and, and, you know, cause I think, uh, in Tim DeRuiter's defense, Cowan, you know, it's built really to showcase those edge guys that that, that, those guys are the ones that have to make plays. It's really set up for those guys to be a big part of it. And, and it's, it's needed. And you're right. You didn't really have that, you know, a couple of forced fumbles had the three sacks, four and a half tackles for loss, 23 tackles total for, uh, Steve Linton, but it you know and Miles Cole is kind of in that same boat, I think as far as maybe just not enough on paper uh, as far as game changing plays, whether it be sacks or force fumbles or QB hurries yeah. or whatever. But uh, that's what you hope that whatever you you uh, put in 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 your rotation next year, uh, there's a bit more of that because it's that's kind of the way this scheme is set up. And you look at lack of takeaways and turnovers, forced and all those things, which we had harped on a lot this year. I mean that's there's a direct correlation into to Miles Cole and Steve Linton not producing as much as you would have hoped and that overall number being just way down you know so yeah. uh it
0: needs to be better had this problem on both sides of the football and you've tried to address it uh you want to be more big play capable offensively defensively really the big play capability seemed to come more so in the special teams game this yeah. previous season than anywhere else and I don't know if that's something we anticipated but we'd love to see that Stick around next year. All right, stick with us this week because we got a wild one coming up. We'll get back to hoops. And, of course, as we get nearer to tip-off setting the table for a big one from Houston as Tech hits the road for three of their next four. But up next, it's the Houston Cougars fitting the description of the next potential victim. The pride and joy of the American Athletic Conference, or wherever the hell they came from, once upon a time, Southwest Conference colleague of the Red Raiders, though. So back to cooking some of those old time fires. And uh, we'll get you ready for that one as we get closer to hump day. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. If you're getting some of that, you're putting in work right now, but maybe staying bundled up and staying warm like we wish for the rest of our audience all across West Texas or wherever you may be here today, man. We'll see you on the other side for the next edition. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Callan. Enjoy being with you. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their Monday and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. For Chris, I'm Casey, and we hope to see you back here for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.